This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast by Solar Power World. I am Kelly Pickerel, Editor-in-Chief of Solar Power World. And if you are looking for some news on the U.S. solar industry, you can always go to our website. It is solarpowerworldonline.com. So this month has been pretty busy for the Solar Power World team. We just wrapped up the 2021 Top Solar Contractors list. This podcast is coming out the week after the list drops, so I hope that everybody has been able to check it out. The Top Solar Contractors list is this annual grouping of the top solar installation companies in the United States. We list the companies based on the kilowatt of solar that they installed in the previous year. We think it's a really valuable source to the industry just to kind of see who's doing what in what states. And so, yeah, definitely check it out. It's on our website, again, solarpowerworldonline.com. And because we've been so busy with the top solar contractors list, I don't really have anything else to, to quip about before we get into this month's interview. But again, just thank you so much for listening and checking in every month is to hear these interviews with solar installers across the country. So might as well just get right into this month's interview now with Solar America. Thanks. Well, let's get started with this month's edition of Contractors Corner. Today, we're talking with John Scorzone. He is president of Solar America a largely commercial solar installer in the Northeast. So thank you so much for joining me today, John. Thanks for having me, Kelly. So tell me about Solar America and its history. How did the company get started? Uh, so first of all, thank you for having the opportunity to come on your podcast. We really appreciate, um, you know, having, for you to take the time to, for, for us to discuss Solar America and how we came about and what we're doing. So. The answer to how we came about, I actually came about um, uh, through my experience about 12 years with the oil and chemical industry, believe it or not. I've had, uh, I was on the other side, I was on the dark side um, for quite some time. <laughs> and I always found that I had a, a large territory which included uh, California. And in my travels back and forth to California, I noticed the uh, what was going on uh, with deregulation and the issues they had. Um, and how solar was becoming viable out there and was springing up all over in my travels. So I got interested in it. Um, but one of the main reasons why um, it became uh, almost something of uh, obsession with me was how much how similar solar seemed to me uh, historically from how the oil industry started, which is basically um, they were running out of whales and they needed a, a source for kerosene and. <laughs> And they found, a, they found a spot in western Pennsylvania and they, that was uh, famous for oil coming out of the ground. And they were able to hit a gusher. And lo and behold, the oil industry started in Pennsylvania, which is my home state. And um, to me, solar was a, a similar situation where now we're in the 21st century. And that solar is basically going to replace coal, gas, and uh, hopefully all fossil fuels, uh, along with other renewable energy technologies. So that's how it started. It was like an idea. And I ended up uh, actually taking classes um, with uh, Maricosta College for renewable energy design and renew- renewable energy for solar design and solar technology. Took other courses through NABSAP and really got interested in it. 
Um, so when I left the oil industry, I was looking for something to do. I started another company, um, but always had solar in mind and decided to pull the trigger in right after 2008 uh, when the federal government decided to uh, treat solar energy ITC-wise the same as oil and gas. And that, to me, was the, the start and said, okay, this is a serious. So we were, I was able to, um, to put up about a million dollars of my own money and start Solar America officially in 2009. Nice. Did did some of your old, you know, friends in the oil business were they did they think you were crazy to, to go into solar or were they jealous? <laughs> not just them. Uh, all my colleagues. In fact, I, I spoke to a lot of them. They thought I was nuts. Uh, my family thought I was nuts uh, at the time. I had just gotten married. I had two young two young boys at home. Uh, at that time, I started Solar America, and they were two and one. So um, so. And I obviously uh, we had a, a banking failure, so it wasn't the, probably the greatest of time to start anything, let alone a solar company that uh, you know was a, at that point an unproven technology, at least here in, in the Northeast. Right. Um, but I just, I again, I, I I just believed in it, and I'm 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 a I'm a fan of history, and I just again I could not get over, to in my opinion, the the, the similarities of why the fossil fuel industry started in the first place, and and how solar energy uh, was that basically same thing in, 20, in, in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. So we, we went forward. We went full stream ahead, and uh, thankfully it's worked out very well over the last, uh, I guess, 12 years now. Right. So what is your main focus today? Are you just kind of focusing on the New Jersey commercial solar market? No, absolutely not. We're actually uh, we're pretty much the entire Atlantic coast. Okay. Uh, we have opportunities throughout the uh, the Atlantic coast from uh, essentially Massachusetts down to Florida. Uh, we've been expanding operations pretty much every year um, uh, as you know states states have changed their their uh, their solar RPS programs and and uh, solar incentive programs. We've kind of followed that um, as states have become more viable for solar. We've entered the market. Um, so as you know, there's no national solar program, uh, unlike other countries. So right. it's very state-specific. Uh, but by far, obviously, like most Northeast companies, uh, New Jersey and Massachusetts were the uh, the most viable. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of got started early on with solar canopies and carports. How did that become such a niche for you guys? Uh, that's a great story. So that became a niche for us because we had customers who uh, did not like the, and I, I, I currently student, still do not like the the T uh, carport designs mm-hmm. aesthetically. Um, and so we had customers that wanted to go solar, was all in, but did not want to put them in their parking area. So we decided, again, being a can-do company, like, well, we'll find the solution. And we we fully expected, actually, there was another company out there that had a solution uh, that was better than the carports. And uh, lo and behold, we found out there isn't. Uh, there wasn't anything. And um, so, again, being a can-do technology and a can-do company and a can-do person, we decided to partner with a, an MIT engineer um, and come up with our own design. Uh, which we since uh, patented, and we have the most efficient and um, uh, uh, long-span uh, carb canopy in the uh, in the industry. 
So it came out of uh, customers, uh, customer wants, and then us wanting to satisfy customer need, and to the point where we had actually had to invent something. Uh, so that's how it came about, and we've since, uh, I guess I guess we're, I, I would consider us one of the experts in the industry as far as canopy installs for sure. Now, do you that that carport that you have uh, patented is that then? Are you selling that to other installers to be able to put out there? Yeah, so we we haven't uh, we actually uh, thanks for asking. So we we've actually recently started to in discussions to license it out to other companies. But in the beginning, now it was it was it was it was exclusive to Solaire America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've since um, had discussions about licensing out to other um, to other companies. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So one big contract that you are working on is this relationship with the Wawa convenience store chain. So what all are you working on with them? What what kind of projects are you are you doing with Wawa? Well, they they are one of the big ones that we're working with. We have others, but uh, yes, that that relationship is uh, is is a very important one to our company. Um, we're very proud of our relationship with Wawa convenience stores. They're an amazing company. Um, and, uh, uh, and and have uh, goals to um, completely um, uh, uh, be renewable and zero uh, zero emissions for the company, and we're helping with those goals. Um, so uh, the company is currently located essentially uh, from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, all the way south through uh, Florida, and uh, over over a thousand stores currently, and and they are looking to expand and double. Uh, over the next few years, so we are happy to be their solar uh, exclusive solar partner and to be able to introduce solar uh, to their convenience stores and, and gas canopies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, are those all like canopy projects, or are they doing a little bit of rooftop stuff? So uh, currently, they are a combination of uh, gas canopy and ground mount only. Mm. Nothing currently on the roofs of the convenience stores. They're actually pretty small convenience yeah. stores, square footage wise, but they use a ton of energy because they have a lot of refrigeration and, and a lot of uh, meal prep. So it's not the best platform uh, for energy for solar. Um, their current design mm-hmm. for the store roof as as it is now, but um, their gas canopies are tremendous and they're actually perfect for solar. So we're able to utilize that. And land, um, uh, depending upon the store, there's different sizes and different uh, availability for uh, extra land that we're able to also harvest solar mm-hmm. energy. Okay. So when you have a large multi-site contract like with a company like Wawa, how much total company focus do you place on that contract? Like, are you are all of your resources right now working on Wawa, or how do you kind of divvy things up? Uh, so never do we want to put all our eggs in one basket. So absolutely, we will never have any one of our, all of our resources dedicated to one particular customer. Um, so we manage growth. So that's one of the biggest issues we have. I mean, most companies, the great problem to have is, you know, uh, managing the growth of the company. And we've had, we've expanded quite a bit over the last three, four years. Um, thankfully, we were able to add very good people. Be very good in managing technology to be efficient. I mean, that's probably what we do best. 
um, we are very efficient of what we do and and what we're able to handle uh, as far as uh, employees versus what we're able to get done and accomplish. So, but we're constantly adding capabilities, whether it be uh, personnel, whether it be technology innovation, or whether it be uh, uh, maybe even uh, subcontractor partners to allow us to manage the growth. So, but that is you know that's my job, and that's probably obviously one of the most difficult things we have is managing the growth. But again, we never put all our eggs in one basket. We actually are working on uh, multiple uh, projects with multiple large and small companies uh, um, uh, throughout the uh, the East Coast. So we're lucky to have the pipeline we have and the partners we have and the sales we have. Mm-hmm. Kind of sticking with the the Wawa theme, but, but since you have that solar sure. canopy experience and you're working with these, you know, convenience stores, these public service companies. Are you doing any electrical vehicle charging stations? What's kind of your opinion on that? So, yes. Yeah, so, um, so that is the the topic now in 2021. I mean, I, I don't believe we talk to a customer, regardless of who that is, that does not ask us about car charging and, and solar canopy uh, uh uh, that associated with the car charging. So that's a huge growth uh, industry right now. We are, in the, again, discussions with all of our customers about it. Um, I'm actually looking forward to um, uh, the, the conference in New Orleans this year. Um, we have many meetings set up with uh, manufacturers and suppliers with that very issue. But absolutely, we see that as a, uh, an Enormous growth opportunity, um, and we see it across the spectrum: nonprofit, uh, uh, whether it be townships and and colleges we deal with, and for-profit companies all across the board. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Has that kind of has has EV charging has it kind of hopped over energy storage and batteries? Like, do you think that EV is going to be more you know more of that adopted than commercial batteries? Uh, you know what? That's a great question, I, and I, I think they're going to grow up together. Mm-hmm. I think they are uh, they are going to grow up uh, simpatico to one another. I mean, obviously, as the battery technology for auto continues to grow, and it and it's going to explode, in my opinion, over the next five years, especially ten, of course. But over the next five years, going to have tremendous growth, and that obviously then the charging stations are going to need to be follow suit, um, and also I, I think. The, as far as home and or commercial battery use, they will follow suit because the, the price of batteries will, will fall with the increase of battery uses in the auto industry, and therefore it will be more, more economic for us to enter into, uh, uh, you know, our customers enter into that marketplace for, um, uh, for battery use for both commercial and residential. Mm-hmm. What is the... So the- again, yeah, what's what is the energy storage market like right now in your area? Are you guys doing a lot? I more of a curiosity more than yes. I mean, we have a lot of interest again in our commercial uh, sector, um, but we it's almost like wait and see. Um, yeah. We we basically have you know uh, educated our clients that that marketplace over the next you know year to eighteen months is going to change significantly. And that we should probably be in a wait and see mode, um, where the te- what technologies come come about and pricing. But I do think that is the growth area for solar um, coming up here. Uh, again, I, I think it's going to follow suit. 
I think the battery industry will be just like the solar cell industry was when we first started, where you know we were at whatever twelve dollars a watt, and you know we're in the we're in the you know obviously the fifty and below cents a watt type of uh, uh, purchasing of uh, solar cells. So I think batteries will will follow suit. Mm-hmm. How is product supply right now? Like, do you have to change plans maybe across your portfolios to accommodate, like, what panels or inverters you have access to? How are things? They are still in in, in tight demand, and it's ever since COVID. Actually, that was the first thing. Um, We actually experienced the COVID delays prior to the United States even being part of the pandemic. It was uh, November or December 19, Hmm. where we were getting overseas, uh, obviously China. Yeah. Issues and um, that has not stopped. Um, it's been a, a it's been a real struggle through the pandemic uh, maintaining supplies. We've had to redesign projects on the fly, mm-hmm. um, multiple projects, and um, because of supply issues with certain uh, manufacturers. So that's been a real issue. It absolutely has. And, and again, that that adds to. You know, that also, it took a domino effect having to change one thing and then we get into, you know, what the major issue is, I think, in the industry in general, which is the soft cost and the time it takes for, you know, permitting. And, and uh, I mean, in New Jersey, we're right now basically averaging about six to seven months for approvals um, and for a project that takes, you know, less than 10 days. Yeah. Uh, it's just insane. Um, so when you have those product issues and, and, and you have to change obviously now your plans need to change and update and it's a real domino effect it's been a real real struggle we've been able to manage it uh, pretty successfully but it's a constant headache yeah well you said you're excited to go to New Orleans so am I very excited to go to SPI and, and see some new yeah. products <laughs> um, are there any new product trends you're really looking forward to or you're really looking at well, I'm uh, I'm I'm going to stick with the uh, what we've been talking about, and that is uh, car charging and uh, battery technology is something that we are going to focus on at, at SBI for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll be with traditional solar cells and and inverter technologies, of course. But um, as far as uh, what our focus in the next step, what our focus is, it's going to definitely be on the car charging and the battery technology. So we're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. My next question is, where do you think there could still be some improvement for the solar industry? I'm sure you already mentioned permitting and the soft costs, but uh, is that where we really <laughs> need to focus our attention, you think? Well, the problem with that is it's so um, it's so uh, uh, parochial. Um, the, every, every town's different. Every state's different. So uh, I don't know how much the actual industry can focus on, say, permitting, because it's so um, such a local um, uh, problem. Yeah. So, um, I mean, where do we? How long is this podcast? We could go on for days. <laughs> of where we can, I mean, the solar industry can obviously improve. Any industry can improve. Any company can improve. Um, you know what we're doing. Um, obviously, we. I think we need to do a better job uh, with our political clout, um, um, getting the message out to both. Uh, you know our. Uh, our uh, politicians and our communities about solar and the benefits of it. I think there's still a lot of, a ton of misinformation left over from my old uh, industry. The oil and gas industry constantly uh, decides to, you know, 
put out tons of misinformation out there. Uh, I think we can do a better job of, uh, of uh, you know, promoting the industry uh, throughout, um, whether it be in educational, because, uh, again, there's a lot of misconceptions on how solar works still. Um, uh, so there's a lot of things we can do educationally, politically, uh, obviously professionally and, techno and technologically. Mm-hmm. Well, what can we expect from Solar America in the coming years? What are you guys planning? Oh, well, we plan to keep expanding. <laughs> um, we hope to be one of the largest and uh, the, the most known uh, solar companies in the United States and beyond, hopefully, one day. Um, so, we uh, again, we are keeping our eye on the prize, and we're constantly trying to grow, grow smartly and, and efficiently uh, and be an asset to our customer base, which is the number one thing. And, and thankfully, we have 100% customer satisfaction because we take it very seriously. We're, we're unlike other companies where we're cradle to grave with our customers, uh, and uh, we take that, uh, we take the, their success and, uh, and how we treat our customers very, very seriously. So we're hoping to keep expanding that customer base and our, uh, and our reputation throughout the, uh, the industry, and um, hopefully uh, the next few years are just as good as the last few. <laughs> Well, great. Hopefully, I, I see you walking the floor of, of SVI in September. So I look forward to it. I absolutely will. I'll stop by and say hello. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.